Do you know what the most successful movie series of all time is? Not Star Wars. No, no. It's the movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is Avengers, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp. Those movies collectively have made over $30 billion. This is not just in America. This is worldwide. That people are flocking to see these movies after one comes out, after another, after another, after another. They can replace the characters. They die. They bring them back to life. And people continue to come and watch them. What does that show us about our world? Something that surpasses cultures. That we long for heroes. We, we long for there to be someone or something that can enter in or will enter into our world and provide deliverance, salvation, relief from what we are suffering and what we are experiencing. We might not even, for some people, believe that there is something, but at least in these movies, for an hour and a half or three, can escape what we are experiencing now and find ourselves in a story where there is a hero who will come and who will save and who will redeem. Sometimes as we are reading these stories in the Bible, uh, sometimes people talk about the heroes of the Bible. And maybe uh, as we've been going through the books of First and Second Samuel, as you think about David and his victory over Goliath, uh, or uh, last week as we encountered several of David's men who had these great victories over uh, these other giants and descendants of the Philistines, uh, that we would categorize these guys as being the heroes of this story that we're reading. But actually, uh, this week, as we look in Second uh, Samuel chapter 22, uh, David has written a song a song that points us to who the true hero is. Not just who the hero is of First and Second Samuel, but who the hero is of the entire Bible, who the hero is of all of human existence. Your story and mine. If you would, look with me this morning. Uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 22. This is a long psalm. Uh, it actually occurs twice in the, uh, in the Bible. Uh, this also shows up as Psalm 18. Uh, it's the third longest of the, the psalms, but here we encounter it and uh, we're close to where David originally uh, composed it. Uh, we're going to look at all 51 verses together. Uh, kids... Uh, as I'm reading through, I want you to pay attention and listen for how David describes times in his life when things are going well and he needs a hero. And also listen for how he describes times in his life uh, when things aren't going well. 
So times when things aren't going well, times when things are going well. And if you could draw me a picture of, uh, of both of those, and we'll add it to our, uh, our gallery over here on the, on the side. Uh, so please follow along with me uh, as we hear from God's Word this morning. Uh, this is in Second uh, Samuel 22, verses 1 through 51. And if you're following along in one of the black Bibles in your seats, this is on page 274. And David spoke to Yahweh the words of this song on the day when Yahweh delivered him from the hands of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, Yahweh is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon Yahweh who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon Yahweh. To my God, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing uh, coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him, his canopy. Thick clouds, a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. Yahweh thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of Yahweh, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but Yahweh was my support. He brought me out of the broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. Yahweh dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, He rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of Yahweh and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And Yahweh has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Yahweh, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, His way is perfect. The word of Yahweh proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. For who is God but Yahweh, and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless." He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. 
You gave me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them, and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them. I thrust them through so that they did not rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me seek under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, those who hated me, and I destroyed them. They looked, but there was none to save. They cried to Yahweh, but he did not answer. I beat them fine as dust of the earth. I crushed them and stamped them down like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as head of the nations. People whom I had not known, or people whom I had not known served me. Foreigners came cringing to me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners lost heart, and trembling came out of their fortress. Yahweh lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and brought down peoples under me, who brought me out from my enemies. You exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Yahweh, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Let's pray. God, our great hero and king, we pray and ask this morning uh, that you would give us eyes to see what is true, what is true about you and your might and your power, your compassion, what's true about us in the midst of our, our need and our longings. And we pray this morning that you would show us the sufficiency of Christ and that all of us would find our hope and our salvation in Him. Use Second Samuel 22 to do that this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. It's clear as David starts off this song, he is wanting to make sure that everyone who reads it, everyone who sings it, everyone who hears it, knows and understands that the hero is God. Notice even how it starts off. David spoke the words, uh, spoke to Yahweh the words of this song on the day when Yahweh delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, from the hand and from the hand of Saul. And he said, and listen to how he just piles on top uh, word after word of proclaiming the greatness of this hero. Yahweh is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon Yahweh who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. What does David do? He calls out. What does the hero do? He saves God is the hero. David wants us to make sure we understand and recognize that. And as God's people throughout the ages sung this psalm, it should direct their hearts to see that God is the hero. It should direct their hearts and their longings that anyone who rules over them would recognize and understand that the one who sits on the throne should look to God as the hero. When? When is God the hero? 
When do we need a hero? Notice where David points us. First, we see that he, he points us that God is the hero when things aren't going well for us. You notice how David describes that? In verse 5, the situation he finds himself in or that he found himself in. For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. Things aren't going well. David is overwhelmed by the experience of life. It seems like everyone is against him. He can barely keep his head above water, if that. Really, as we're reading it, it, it sounds like he is underwater. He can't bear up under the struggles that he's facing. Even later, as he, he mentions it, he talks about, in verse 18, about his strong enemy, about those who are too mighty for him, who are confronting him in the day of his calamity. Have you been there? Are you there right now? As you think about your life and the situations that you find yourself in, things that have been happening for a long time that you just can't seem to escape. And every time it seems like you're getting just a little bit of your head above water, again, another wave comes. Another test comes back from the doctor with bad results. You get a phone call and you find out again that one of your family members has disappointed you or that you have disappointed them. You're having to move. Your relationships around you are crumbling. Your marriage seems to be in a perpetual downward spiral. And you wonder... What can I do? Is there anyone who can save me? Is there anyone who can work and move in this type of situation? Is there a hero? And does he care? Notice what David tells us. Yes, there is a hero. And he cares. Do you notice that in the midst of of David's life when things aren't going well, when he's face to face with his own weakness and his struggles and his suffering, notice what he does. In verse 7, In my distress I call upon Yahweh. To my God I called from His temple. He heard my voice and my cry came to His ears. The bat symbol goes up. And he sees it. How? How does this hero respond? How does the God of the Bible respond when His people in the midst of life that is overwhelming and they have no strength in themselves and they call out to Him? How does He respond? Does He care? Notice what David says. My voice and my cry came to His ears. And then in verse 8, notice this. Then... In response to his cry, the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked 
because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth, glowing coals flamed forth from him. David has almost given us this figurative language of God as this angry dragon who sees the suffering that his people are going through. He hears this cry. He recognizes what is going on. And in light of your pain, and in light of your suffering, and in light of the hatred that God's enemies have for his people and for him, he responds in anger. He cares. He cares deeply about what is going on in your life. Do you sometimes wonder though, is this really true? This might have been true for David. I mean, he's the king. God's given him these promises. There's books of the Bible written about this guy. But me, my pain, my suffering, my tears, would the eternal creator of the universe really be angry about the pain and suffering and difficulty that I'm going through? Does his heart go out to me like that? Listen to what David says in verse 31. This God, His way is perfect. The Word of Yahweh proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. For who is God but Yahweh, and who is a rock except our God? These are not just the words of David. We read these words in the Scriptures. This is the Word of God for the people of God, as the Holy Spirit is speaking through David for us. What does he say? The word of Yahweh proves true. And he is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Do you take refuge in this hero? Do you call out to this hero? Then what is true, the scriptures tell us, is that he cares about what you're going through. He is angry and he grieves. And when you call out, God takes notice. He is a hero that is present when things are not going well for you. Well, he may care. Maybe he's angry. I'll give him that. But where is he? Will he do anything? Will he just express these emotions? Or will this hero actually act and work and move? Well, notice. Notice what David says. This hero, God, when things aren't going well, not only does he care, but he comes. In verse 7, he tells us, In my distress, I called out to Yahweh, to my God I called. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. And notice what it says in verse 10. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. 
God comes. The hero comes. He responds to his people's cries, not only with anger and deep emotion, but he acts. David says in verse 17, He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but Yahweh was my support. He brought me into a broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. God comes. He comes to His people in the midst of our struggles. He comes to us in the midst of our suffering. This hero shows up and He supports us. But sometimes we still may wonder, where is He? David, you say He comes. You say He flares up like a dragon and He does all of these miraculous works and signs and He enters in and He breaks into your life. But do you know how long I've been calling out to Him? Do you know how long I've been pleading with this hero to do something? I don't see any fire. I don't see any angels. I don't see any water moving back. I don't see Him showing up. I'm still struggling. I'm still hurting. Something that we need to remember. David's writing this, reflecting back on his whole life. And remember what it says. He wrote this song on the day when Yahweh delivered him out of all the hands of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Do you remember when we were reading about Saul's pursuit and attacks of David? And how frequently we saw, at least during that period of David's life, he would call out to his God? Do you know how long Saul pursued David? How long David was fleeing from his life and this murderer was seeking to bring an end to David and his family? For over 10 years. For 10 years, David cried out to his God. And Saul continued to thrive. Saul continued to pursue. Saul continued to dominate. But as David looks back on it, recognizing and understanding the character of his God, what David recognizes and proclaims and wants his people to hear and see is that even when we don't perceive what's going on, this hero is working. This hero is moving. And what we know about his character and his timing, again, back over to verse 31, this God, his way is perfect. Is that still true? If we need to wonder, does our God care? If we need to wonder, does our God come? All we need to do is look a little bit forward to to David's heir. the, The great promised one who God said would come. And it's interesting, when when Jesus shows up, he's got some very close friends that John tells us about in John chapter 11. 
Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And things aren't going well for them. Lazarus is sick. They send out and call for Jesus to come and do something. But He doesn't show up on their timetable. He doesn't show up when they expect Him to. And by the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus is dead. And their question is, where were you? If you were here, He wouldn't have died. Listen. Listen to what John tells us about Jesus' response. In John chapter 11, beginning in verse 32, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell at His feet, saying to Him, Lord, if You had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. Uh, that The words there translated deeply moved actually express indignation and deep anger. Jesus sees the pain and the weeping that His friends are going through. He sees and He looks on all that sin has wrecked in their lives and He's angry about it. In fact, it comes up again in verse 38. Then Jesus deeply moved, came to the tomb. Again, He's angry as He looks on this sign of the death and at least the perceived victory of death over His friend. But this hero who hears the call, who comes on his own timetable, he cares and he does something, doesn't he? What does Jesus do? He brings Lazarus back. The questions, why did you delay? Because Jesus had something better to show. Something deeper for them to recognize that He is the true hero. And if we wonder, does God care? Is He angry? Does He grieve over our pain? We just need to turn over a few chapters and see, why did He come at all? But to suffer and die in our place. To take out and deal with our sin. To deal with all of our enemies. To deal with the source of all of our struggles and our frustrations and our pain. The reason why nothing is going well. And He did something about it. When things aren't going well in your life, when you recognize and realize you have no hope and you can do nothing. Hear the words of this song. Hear what David is singing and what God wants to be on our hearts and recognize that we have a hero who acts and works and moves and is sufficient when things don't go well. But sometimes, things are going well, aren't they? When things aren't going well, it's easy for us to have our our minds and our thoughts and our longings directed to the hero. We recognize our inability to do anything. But at other times, 
We're not living according to David's song. Sometimes we live according to Tom Petty's song. You don't have to live like a refugee. Petty sings. Notice what David is telling us. God is your refuge. He is the one that you need to flee to. Do you remember when we were gathering supplies and things for the refugees who had left Afghanistan and come to the U.S.? Remember what was on the list? Everything. Everything. They were in need of everything. See, that's the mindset of a refugee. I need someone else to provide everything for me. And if we're not careful, we may fall into the trap and the deception that when things are going well, that we think, I don't need to live like a refugee anymore. I don't need a hero. I'll only call on God when I feel like it's more than I can handle. But notice... Notice David's song. He says that that we need this hero, and this hero is the hero, even when things are going well. Look over in verse 34. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your greatness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them, and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them. I thrust them through so that they did not rise. They fell under my feet, for you equipped me with strength for battle." You made those who rise against me seek under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me. Those who hated me, and I destroyed them. They looked, but there was none to save. They cried to Yahweh, but He did not answer them. I beat them fine as the dust of the earth. I crushed them and stamped them down like the mire of the streets. Here, we see David talking about his success in battle. His success in war. About him consuming his enemies. Thrusting them through. Whether it's with sword or spear. He even talks about stomping them down. Fine as dust like mire in the streets. We read these accounts of David. And the exploits of his mighty men. And their success in battle. These were skilled men of war. Strong warriors. Remember? Saul has killed thousands and David his ten thousands. But notice what David says. Even in the midst of my supposed strength, I was not the hero. Where did the strength come from? Who was the true hero in the midst of the war and the battles? It was my God. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. I could not have done that without Him. He's given me the shield of your salvation. And notice what He says. 
Your gentleness. Your gentleness has made me great. David is recognizing and pointing and directing us that we need to be well aware when things are going well for us physically, when we are seeing success in our lives, the reports are coming back from the doctor that are great, we're going into the, to the gym and continuing to move forward and progress, our memories firing on all cylinders, we're succeeding in our job, I don't have to stretch before I go play any sports and I finish and I'm like, woo, I can do this five more times. Why are you sitting down there, old man? David says, no. Do you not recognize even in the midst of your physical strength where it comes from? Not from you, from the hero, from God. It's, it's not just physical strength, but notice, it's spiritually as well. When David writes this in verses 21 through 25, it sounds like he's bragging. It sounds like he's making boasts of the David that we've read about that don't quite add up. Listen to what he says. Yahweh dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he's rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of Yahweh and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all His rules were before me, and from His statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before Him, and I kept myself from guilt. Yahweh has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in His sight. Is this, is this the same David we've been reading about? Something that we need to recognize is that when, he, when the Psalms and when David here is writing about righteousness, we have to understand what righteousness is in the context of God's covenant relationship with His people. What does it look like and what are the means by which one can be found righteous before our God? Well, for David, it, it meant relying on the promises of his God and the provision of his God who gave animals on behalf of David. For David to appeal and come to his God and to deal with his sin, confessing and bringing his sin before God. To walk, to be righteous or to walk blamelessly with your God meant that you're trusting and depending and relying upon Him. It did not mean that you were sinless. The question was, what do you do when that sin shows up? And notice what David says is that I have not wickedly departed from my God. I have found myself, as he says, clean in the end of verse 25, clean in his sight. Do you remember when God declared David clean? It was right after his sin. And when David acknowledged and confessed his sin, God says, I've put it away. This is in contrast to Saul. When Saul's sin is apparent to him, he wickedly departs from God. He denies that he has any sin and fails to admit and acknowledge it. But David here... And his times of great spiritual strength when things are going well and he's walking well with his God. David reflects and looks back on this and he says, this too comes from God. For look in verse 26. With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you show yourself blameless. With the purified you deal purely. 
And with the crooked, you make your way seem torturous. You save uh, a people, but your eyes are on... The, you save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. And he continues to go down. Who is God but Yahweh? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my refuge and has made my way blameless. Why is David walking faithfully with his God? It's not because he's better than Saul. It's not because of strength that's in David. It's because of the work of this great hero. Who even in the times in David's life, when he's walking, what would appear to be things are going well for him spiritually, things are going well for him physically, what he looks at and what he directs his heart to is he recognizes this isn't because of me. This isn't because of any strength or righteousness or blamelessness in me. This is only because of the great hero who has entered into my life who has entered into my world, who works and acts and moves, who strengthens me physically. Everything that I have or I accomplish, all glory must be given to Him. Every success, so-called success that I've seen in my life spiritually, that has nothing to do with me. It's all because of what the hero has done in my life. What about you and me? Do we recognize that unless our God took on flesh and entered into our world, we would have nothing. Nothing. As we live out the Christian life, when things look like they're going well, may we never be those who think, God must be so pleased with me. Look at how great I'm doing. I'm not like those guys over there who've made a wreck of their church who've made a wreck of their life, if only they were more like me. No. David says, do not fall into the mind and the heart of a haughty one. Recognize that you are where you are only because of the grace and the mercy and the kindness of the hero who broke into your world, who brought you into submission to him when he changed your heart and made your dead heart alive so that you could believe and hope and trust in Him, all goes to Him. He is the one who has made my way blameless. This, this God, who is hero when things aren't going well, who's the hero when things are going well. Where? Where is He the hero? Notice, as David tells us here, he's the hero everywhere. There, you read these superhero stories, they seem to show up just in these metropolitan areas. I mean, well, recently Batman's been running around downtown as they're filming a movie, but Spider-Man's not swinging around down here in Elizabeth City. You ever seen Superman show up here? But, as David talks, this is a God and a hero who shows up in Israel and throughout the world. Notice what David says in verse 44. You delivered me from strife with my people. In the midst of Israel, when David is experiencing trouble and strife and difficulty among the people of Israel, this God shows up. He keeps His promises and He delivers and He saves. But also notice, 
He's not limited and restricted to just geographic, ethnic Israel. Look in 44. You kept me as head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. Foreigners came cringing to me as soon as they heard of me. They obeyed me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. And notice what he says in verse 50. For this I will praise you, O Yahweh, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Here, uh, as the Apostle Paul reflects back on Jesus as the fulfillment of all of God's promises, on Jesus as the hero that all of the Scriptures pointed to who would save and redeem His people. He came not as a hero just for Jews, but as a hero for the nations, a hero for all who would call upon Him. And Paul cites this verse here. I will sing praise to you among the nations. And we have experienced the saving work of this hero who Jesus shows up. Jesus conquers and defeats sin and death. Jesus rises from the dead. He rules and He reigns now. And through His work, proclamation of the good news of the Gospel, that this hero will work in your life regardless of where you are, regardless of what you've done. He will come and He will work and He will save as we call out to Him by faith. It's interesting. Uh, the, the rise of uh, the creation of these superheroes. Most of them started around the time of uh, World War II. You know who created most of these heroes? Jewish guys. Superman, Batman, Hulk, X-Men, Avengers, all of that. Jewish writers wrote and created these superheroes. In the midst of their brokenness and their struggles, it seems maybe they begin to wonder, is our Messiah going to show up? Is He going to move? And they began to direct people's hearts and imaginations to fiction and to fantasy to escape their struggles and their sufferings. Why? Because they didn't realize these guys missed it. That the hero that they had been longing for, the hero that they continued to search for, had already shown up. And the message of Him was clear throughout their Scriptures. And the message of Him was already being proclaimed among the nations. May we not be like Stan Lee and these other creators of these heroes who were looking and imagining and longing for someone else to come and save, another place to escape. May we look to the only hero, Jesus of Nazareth, who He's not here now, but He hears our cries. He hears our calls. And just like David promises, He will come. And He will always be 
your support, your salvation, and your deliverer. May we all look to Him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You that You are not a fictional hero. We thank You that You have heard, that You have acted, that You have come, and that You're coming again. In our struggles, in our successes, would You please turn our hearts and our longings and our worship to You. Our God, our King, our Hero. Amen.